Hey everybody, welcome to the 18th episode of the With Podcast. I hope uh, this finds you well. Uh, we're going to lean in once again to this conversation we're having, uh, trying to wrap all of who we are around simply one part of being, this, this thing we call with. With comes lots of various forms with God, with others, and with ourselves. Uh, let's jump in, shall we? Um, I typically don't angle to be in pain. Uh, in fact, more often than not, I go out of my way to avoid pain. <laughs> Anybody with me? And I'm a w- equal rights proponent of pain. No matter the cause or the feel or influence of pain, I just try not to have it. Whether we're talking emotional pain, mental pain, physical pain, all pain is created equal as far as <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. I've heard people talk about the good kind of pain, you know, that, that soreness after a workout or the feeling one settles in following a long afternoon's work in the yard or productive day at a job, the, the good kind of pain. I say no. <laughs> I, I know nothing of the sort. My wife talks about the good sore after workout all of the time, and when she describes the workout she just had, I feel like I've pulled my hamstring just listening to it. But, but no, can we all rally around no such thing as good pain? I feel like all of us can get on board with that. This aversion to pain was, was hardwired from the beginning. This is not something that has just come around in these last few years. It's led me to a life largely devoid of contact sports. Sure, I hurt myself running by myself because I don't stretch enough. Hey, how you doing, 39? Feel good? (laughs) But I've lived my life as an attendee to the vast majority of injury-prone contests. Uh, When I was younger, my parents would let me sign up for such things, uh, contact sports. Uh, I think they fancied me more a lover than a fighter. Uh, That's probably another podcast for another day, or at least several therapist sessions. Anyway, in high school, uh, I and a group of people started an intramural lacrosse team at Lafayette. Uh, I don't know who thought that was a good idea or why they picked me. Anyway, we did that. Lacrosse was nowhere in Williamsburg, at least in public schools at the time. And I mentioned it to my parents. I was like, hey, this is going on. Can I be a part? And I did so in the context of lacrosse being a dignified sport with a history and the tradition of many Native American tribes. I left out the speed part. The, the crushing hits, the need for helmets, titanium sticks that could be used arbitrarily as weapons without penalty. Uh, suffice it to say, I had a lot to learn about the game. Most of it, I, I caught on pretty quickly, but this pain thing, the pain thing was slower for me to, me to understand, particularly getting hit. I remember Coach Mullen uh, coaching me one day on the intricacies of getting hit. I was like, well, shouldn't I just avoid getting hit? Coach just blankly looked at me, shook his head, and acted like I didn't say what I had just said. He continued to school me on how to take a hit, how to minimize injury regardless of the unavoidable impact. I remember thinking of the phrase as he spoke to me, brace for impact. I'd heard it in movies and it was never in a happy-go-lucky scene. It usually preceded a plane crash or other such traumatic moment. In this season of our lives, I think we would all be well served to brace for impact. As we engage life and circumstance after a shutdown, 
as we deal with, hopefully deal with, and have conversations around racism and longstanding privilege of some people over other people, you can try to avoid conflict and turmoil, or you can learn to brace for inevitable impact. And Jesus, like he normally does, I find has very specific impartation towards this bracing for impact. First, our mistake. It's oftentimes easier to talk about what we shouldn't do than what we need to do. When you're talking about bracing for impact, most of the time we seize up. We become rigid. We get fixated in what we know and have and try to become immovable. Take the hit. Coach Mullen and Jesus both think that's wrong. Coach Mullen was very clear in telling me with, I believe, colorful language that rigidity was going to increase the chances of things tearing and breaking that aren't supposed to break or tear. I remember him trying really hard to get my attention and get it through my head. Don't go rigid. I remember him saying, make yourself go loose. Absorb the blow. Jesus says the exact same thing in perhaps a little bit different language in John chapter 14, 15, and 16. I want to give you the context because 14, 15, 16 are some of the longest chapters of Jesus' preaching, and he's speaking specifically to how to deal with tribulation. He says in chapter 14 of John, verse 1, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And he carries on to talk about the intricacies of absorbing the blow, dealing with the turbulence and tribulation that is inevitable. And then in chapter 17, it's his what is labeled as a high priestly prayer. He goes through this long moment where he prays because guess what? He's getting ready for an impact. It's chapter 18 that he's arrested and he takes the greatest physical and emotional infliction of pain any one singular person could have ever experienced, large enough to be exact for all of humanity. I know, just as I mentioned, my first inclination to impact, our first inclination often is to dig in. But Jesus suggests, just as Coach Mullen did, that we become soft, malleable. That word he uses, let not your hearts be troubled, believe. And again, I think we can interpret that and and find that it means know what you know. Become rigid in your, your belief system. But that actual word there is pistuo. It means to be persuaded. Jesus' first instruction to us when we're talking about bracing for impact is to become persuadable. Let there be a malleability to your life, a softness to absorb. Verse 33, because after he goes through 14, 15, and 16, we drill down on verses 32 and 33 of the Gospel of John. He says, I have said these things that you are in me, that you may have peace in me. We have to understand, even as the title of this podcast would communicate, that God is with, that we're not alone. Even if there's an argument and there are people who are very much against us, always remember that God is with. And not just randomly with, but purposefully. In me, you may have peace. Regardless of the storm, regardless of the tension, regardless of the contention and the argument, whatever might be going on, that God is with and He is peace. Also, as we're bracing for impact 
understanding that we set proper expectations. Jesus did not go to medical school, and I'm excited that he did or that he didn't because doctors, for the most part, will call pain pressure or they'll say this is going to be uncomfortable when what they're really trying to say is this is going to hurt and I just don't want you to know it. Jesus doesn't do that. He says in the world you will have tribulation. We have to be as we engage these circumstances and we brace for impact, understand it's going to hurt. It's going to be uncomfortable. It is probably going to cause pain. But he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. Be courageous. Lean in, not just with yourself, but again with Jesus, the I have overcome the world, is not saying that Jay or Christoph or Bob or Nancy is going to make this thing see through. It's Jesus. It's his presence. And it's the presence of his peace that's going to help us through it all. As we engage conversations, life circumstances, I think we would all be well served to brace for impact. But let's not do it like we think we should do it. Hey, I hope this has been beneficial. This is one of my shorter podcasts, but I just think the point is a simple one. Brace for impact, but maybe not go about it the way we previously went about it. Don't dig in, but be persuaded. Now, may you, in the way of our Christ, go, be with and care for yourself, and God cares for and is with you.